The Money Show. Ad feature with Andy Rice. So, Dot Sure. Andy, tell me about Dot Sure because they're getting an extension of products. They think so. they started out as pet insurers, didn't they? Well, that's what I believed, and I thought they were very good the way they they drove the category and grew the whole pet insurance arena and did so from a position of leadership. But I wanted to talk about line extensions generally. And a line extension is any situation where you take the positive equity that you've built into a brand over the years and you extend it into a a further brand from the same family. But of course, they have to be compatible. It has to be the kind of brand that both brands need to be suitably uh, close to each other to make it work. I mean, I um, perhaps the, the classic example, in my opinion, was where um, where the brand Jeep, the off-road vehicle brand, um, had a, obviously a reputation for ruggedness, for masculinity, for outdoor capability. And what did Jeep do? They launched a range of footwear, a brilliant move, in my opinion, which uh, uh, because the footwear had the same attributes in a different environment as the vehicles had, rugged, outdoor masculine etc so that's how, that's a classic case study of how you make a line extension work properly you understand the equity of both the donating brand and the receiving brand now if you if you say that dotsure as i would see it is the um, is the leading brand in its in its in its uh, uh, category then when you go ahead and extend the the the, the dotsure insurance brand into general household cover and all of the kind of day-to-day insurance variations that we're so used to. The question is, does the expertise and success of Dotsure in the pet insurance category bring anything positive to the general insurance category? Does does the ability to to treat Bonzo's biliary um, require the same skills as (laughs) coping with the Bentley bumper bashing? I don't know, but and I don't know the answer. I'm assuming that Dotsure pet insurance came first and, and the general household insurance follows. But I just thought it was a nice issue to look yeah. at and to think about over the next I was while. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I mean, if you think of, of, of you know, really good, strong, robust, practical and expensive um, suitcases, for example, if you like to travel, you might get yourself a Samsonite suitcase, and they are hard shell suitcases in many cases. They've got a whole range of different cases, and people trust them as, as, as suitcases. The locks are good, all of that sort of stuff, um, and they tend to last a long time. The mechanisms are all pretty robust. Samsonite then went into clothing and they decided people love our suitcases. So people who travel will want to buy our clothes and we'll have like travel ready clothes and maybe clothes that don't crease as much perhaps. And I I don't know what the Rangers exactly promised, but the clothing bombed terribly because, says this person who was uh, giving me some insights, they had permission to make luggage. They didn't have permission to make clothes. And people who loved Samsonite suitcases did not want to be seen clad in suitcase clothing. And I wonder whether brands have that sort of problem from time to time. Insurance is insurance, sure. But if it's you know good enough for Bongo, is it good enough for my Bentley? Hmm, maybe, maybe not. Well, that's, that is the issue, and I'd love to see some research down the line, but I, I suspect that um, uh, the, the brand's leadership will put, be perpetuated in the 
pet insurance arena. I think it's, it's really done a good job there. But I'm not so sure about general household insurance and vehicle insurance and other asset cover. Keep an eye on it. Uh, medical packaging. Now, you had a recent little visit to the doctors and spent a bit of time in hospital and had your wits about you. And I think you were counting syringes and everything to make sure that you weren't <laughs> that you weren't ripped off but you make a very interesting observation in terms of consumables when you are in medical care yes so my eyes were open to a number of things while spending a week or so in hospital and uh, the the ability the care and the uh, dedication of the, of the professional staff in the hospitals was was the one that stood out the most but i would find myself um uh, being given a, let's say, putting a, a drip into a vein. Um, then there's a special bandage that goes over the top of that, um, over the actual nasty bit that goes into your body. But it, it, it's got layers and layers and layers. And it must must be about a, I don't know, must, I don't know what the cost is, but there were a lot of these consumables, often um, uh, just single-use products from bandages to, to sticky plaster to even the, even the cables that connect your um, blood pressure measurer to your arm and to the and to the box that measures, even that was a one-way use. So those electric cables, I was assured, were tossed out as soon as you taken my blood pressure once. Now, all I'm all I'm saying is it's critically important that we provide the best possible healthcare. So I'm not saying for one moment that we should cut corners. I just wonder in the light of a world that's desperately trying to get its resource management and consumption under control, whether there isn't an opportunity, if it hasn't been done already, for the packaging industries to sit down with the medical products injuries, in, injuries, yes, and, <laughs> and, and, to, and to find a way to uh, mix and, and, uh, and use those those brands, those products, those technologies in such a way that they can be used more than once, consume fewer resources without in any way compromising the health standards that the, that the provider is, 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 uh, is capable of doing. So it's, it's, a, it's a question. I don't know the answer to it. But it, you see that the two things that are important to people's lives, and there is the healthcare offering, very important. But hey, at the same time, look at all that stuff that's being consumed. Look at all those things that are being thrown away. Uh, there are boxes and boxes in in hospital wards that say plastic only, medical uh, equipment only, whatever. Rubbish boxes that you just get some sense of how much is consumed. And I'm quite ready to be told that that's, a, that's an issue that's already been taken to its limits, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I just love how technical your jargon is. Andy, after a week in hospital, you didn't learn a thing, did you? No, you were just counting boxes and pills and things. But yes, it is it is quite offensive. But at the same time, um, I, the only time I've ever you know, required the help, I've been too sick really to pay attention. So um, I, I take, your word, <laughs> uh, take your word for it. Now, talk to me, please, about your hero this week. Because I've heard some people be quite disparaging about your hero. And I'll explain why in a moment. Oh, really? I'm mean, looking forward to that. Um, well... It's um, a new television campaign uh, aimed at, at um, inbound visitors from other countries, obviously. Um, and that category of publicizing the, the riches and the delights of visiting South Africa has, has been a fairly mixed one over the years. And between brand South Africa and, and South African tourism, there's been some quite 
I would say, less than optimal advertising and strategy behind their campaigns. Now we have essay tourism coming in with a, a new commercial, a, a new campaign, as I said, aimed at inbound foreign tourists um, post post lockdown. So it's it's kind of taking the high ground in terms of, of, of post COVID opportunities. And it's out in a number of, of formats. I, the one I found straight away was a three-minute epic, which I presume would be mainly used in social media. But it's it's called Live Again, which of course is a reference back to the to the uh, uh, the, the, the pre-pandemic times, and it's made by Joe Public and Say Tourism, and I found it to be quite very. Uh, appealing, and hence it's a hero. It's structurally unimaginative. Perhaps it's got a it's got a little narrative of a of a, a, a young woman in in London in the rain trying to get a taxi, looking forward to getting back to South Africa, and then it runs through all of the different visual appealing places and sites of the country. And that in itself isn't very original, but it for the first time for, that I can remember, it doesn't look like a whole lot of library clips stuck together to make a, a, a commercial. It looks like they've taken the effort and the resources to go out and actually shoot some really mm. good stuff. I loved it. We have a, a yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I abso- and, the, and the music's terrific. Yeah. I I abso- they've, they've, they've hit the button with the music. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I was having two separate conversations about this ad. The, the one criticism, um, and it was a criticism on air while you were away, um, and it was a case of unimaginative and the narrative. And yes, we've seen it all before. Woman in, in London. Oh, it's exhausting. Oh, it's wet. Oh, it's cold. Oh, let's go to the sunshine and let's get some Africa in our veins. Um, and that's, I mean, look, that narrative sells and that narrative is positive and I think it reflects a, a very real reality particularly in January and February in the United Kingdom which can be a little bit of a harsh environment the the, the most cerebral criticism I found um, was from an American I know who works in brand marketing globally who just said there was no sense of urgency there was no reason as to visit South Africa right now and that was, to his mind, a lost opportunity because the entire world is putting on its best face and its best um, and it's and, and is offering its best at, at reasonable prices and trying to get back into the markets and uh, he's his observation was that we're not capitalizing on the opportunity as to why you should visit South Africa right now make this decision choose this uh, destination above all other destinations and choose it right now and we've, we've lost the opportunity he argued um, to to capitalize on the urgency of people's deep desire to get away and as far away from home as possible um, to something new and exciting right now and I, I thought that was quite an interesting observation on this particular campaign which in otherwise and otherwise to my mind anyway is just lovely yeah, it's great to look at it. It makes you feel good, and you must remember it's aimed at overseas tourists. So I don't know where where I was, what I was watching at the time. Presumably, one of the um, uh, the platforms like CNN or, or wherever that would be mainly directing its its broadcasting as an overseas audience. But I, I take the, your colleagues' point about uh, urgency. But brand building is usually. Uh, trying to do two things. It's usually trying to create a long-term awareness and understanding and preference for the brand. 
But it can't always do, if, if, if you then try and ask that exact same piece of communication to sell urgently here and now, you're going to get, I think, a, a certain amount of schizophrenia will, will creep oh, okay. in. In my view, um, the uh, it's a bit like any other, other brand. You, you spend money in the long term to promote Kellogg's cornflakes, and then you run a, a load of separate campaigns that say, buy it now, 40, 40% off or whatever. So I don't think this one was designed to do the urgent work. I think it was designed to make people think, oh, next holiday, for sure, going to South Africa looks fantastic. Then we need a zero from you, please, Andy. Do you remember a wonderful television commercial uh, from your youth, of course, uh, um, uh, advertising a, a car tire brand with mad heroics behind the wheel and handbrake turns and Lord knows what on the top of a building in downtown Johannesburg. I do remember um, that uh, advert. It was brilliant and, yeah, absolutely terrifying scenes and probably real because, hey, there was no health and safety back in those days. Uh, maybe the driver had a parachute on, I guess they went over the edge, but I can't be sure. Yes, I remember that one. No. German engineering when you need it most for the Continental Tires brand. And I think it was really an iconic uh, campaign in the early-ish days of South African commercial television. Um, but they're still around, not surprisingly. I mean, Continental Tires is a well-known global brand. But they ran an ad in the business day, I think it was, last week. Very strange advertisement. I mean, even despite the reason I'm going to, to give it a, a zero, I can't quite work out what the ad's trying to tell me, but it's got very little copy. And in that very little copy, there are two spelling and grammatical errors in, a, in a, uh, an ad that contains perhaps five. One, it says, keep performance at its peak, and then enter the apostrophe police to sort that one out because there shouldn't be the apostrophe they've got in there. And then it says, from the masters of high-performance tires. So they've left out one of the letters of the... And, and you could, and the whole thing is built around, for some reason, um, uh, Fast and Furious, which, of course, is a, is a very successful movie franchise. But in, if you want it to be really pedantic, and I would never be accused of that, I'm sure, you will, you will note that it just says Fast and the Furious 1, 2, Fast and the Furious 3. Actually, it's the Fast and the Furious. So they've got all of those wrong as well, if, you're, if you want to follow the... the, the, the the brand, fast, the Fast and Furious problem. But, but it's, so, a, it's a failure I, well, on so like many levels, Andy. I mean, it's a, it's a basic copywriting failure. It's a failure of checks and balances at the agency that did it. It's a, a failure at the at the client, which is in this case is Continental Tires, which has not paid attention to the copy that came from the advertising agency. Somebody at different levels signed off on all of that stuff multiple times. Um, and exactly. yeah, the checks and balances failed. And I mean, uh, and it reminds us just how important a proofreader is. You may think it's quite a humble role, but by golly, it can it can make or break an ad. Simple as that. Uh, absolutely. The <laughs> as somebody who recently has a book published, thank goodness for the proofreader. The proofreader is the <laughs> is, is, is the concealer of many sins. It is the the lipstick, the powder, the base um, of, of absolutely everything. That's absolutely critical. Andy Rice, thank you. Um, branding and advertising expert, sounding fit, fabulous and, uh, and fastidious as always. Um, zero to Continental Tires. <laughs> Two errors in 15 words, not so good. Uh, maybe the copywriting was a little fast 
and the writer was furious. Um, possibly. Uh, SA Tourism's ad, which I loved, um, others have uh, have have been critical of it, of the South Africa as a destination. Um, I think it showcases South Africa beautifully, and I think it plays to a very commonplace Northern Hemisphere phenomenon, which is lousy weather.